always know it's going to be a good podcast when I can't help myself from doing the podcast before the podcast starts. And that's because the big man, David Deal, the Croatian sensation, the absolute lizard king, is here with me <laughs> and Brian Westbrook today. I am back from London. I, I went to sleep at 4 a.m. every night so that I wouldn't get jet lag, and it worked. Really? Yeah. That's dedication. Because they're five hours ahead. Oh, Monday night, I was or Monday night, I was simultaneously watching that dog shit Steelers Dolphins yeah. game oh. and the Sixers Hawks game on Reddit. Um, and I was up till 4 a.m. It was genius. I'm sure you're going third and 20. Blitz zero. Throw yeah. it all oh, at them. Get, get after I saw them. people like tweeting and they were like, I can't believe they did this. And I just kept going, I can't believe you guys care about this game. No. <laughs> I, I Why are no, you watching this? This game? is the time of the year. I'm going to be very honest with people where Sundays, I'm still coming into work. I'm still watching all the games. Mm -hmm. But if there's a Sunday night, Thursday night, or Monday night game that is bad, I am I'm, I'm taking part of my life back. I'm just being real. Like, what am I going to learn? I, and, you know, I watch some of it because I'm an addict. With football, I'm an addict, but I don't need to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick gain a lead. I know Mason Rudolph sucks. Like, I don't need to. Wow, this was my evaluation stage. No, man. And you're in London. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy yourself there. I, I should have gone harder. I just love. Much harder. Before the game, they show Rosen and Fitzpatrick next to each other. Starting quarterback records, 0-3, 0-3. I'm like, that's a great stat. It's a great way to get people involved in this football great game. Great storyline. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we're going to do a few things. We're going to do the cup. Okay. A cup of questions. We have a number of topics that went on with the trade deadline, what didn't happen, what did, some stuff going online and all that. But you're here, and I want to know about some giant stuff. All right, let's go. Because um, I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're building for the future. I don't know if they're trying to win right now. Um, but they made this move for Leonard Williams. And in my head, I went, Leonard Williams, in his draft, he was the best, most safe player. And they got him at six in the New York Jets. And wow, maybe if you put him next to Dexter uh, Lawrence yep. and like this new line, this is what Gettleman did in Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then I text Deal, and I go, what do you think about this Williams trade? And he goes, it sucks. I watched the film. Yeah. So I'm going to turn it over to you because I've only heard people say this is a smart move by the Giants. Well, my, my whole issue with the movement of picking up Leonard Williams is, number one, you've already spent draft equity on defensive tackles. Delvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill. You've already gone out and gotten Lorenzo Carter. You know, O'Shane Zimenez. This is all the last two years. This is all over the last two seasons. And the big thing that they said about Leonard Williams, well, maybe he's not so much a 3-4 guy, he's a 4-3 guy. Wait a second. I thought out of USC, his whole strength was that he was versatile. Yeah. He could be a 3-4 or 4-3 right. guy. Now all of a sudden, no, 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 he's more of a 4-3 guy. Specific now he's scheme specific. Yeah. The thing that I've seen watching film is, granted, his numbers aren't the numbers that you would expect out of a number six overall defensive tackle. Yeah. When you pick a defensive tackle in the top ten, they better come in like a man and demand the respect immediately to where you're sliding protections to him. You're worried about a, a running back like Brian going through the B-gap to get yes. chip help to the guard if they move him inside. Those are things that you're worried about. So when the production comes up, well, he gets pressure, but he doesn't get the sack. So that's telling you that he doesn't have the burst after he beats the offensive guard to finish the play. Which game? Haven't we already heard this with Olivier Vernon? Mm. Wasn't that the thing that we heard out of Miami? 
He's so close. He's so close. Right. Well, Hurry those is a numbers too. didn't equate to the amount of money that you gave to Olivier Vernon, and that's why he's in Cleveland. When you make a trade right now to take Leonard Williams, you know that, number one, you're putting your draft equity out there. Yeah. That can cost you now not only a five, but it may move to a four since you know you have to move him to a long-term deal, and they'll get that compensatory pick that moves up. But then also... When you look at this Giants defense, that's not the main problem. You need a number one outside pass rusher. You need a middle linebacker that can cover tight ends and running backs. You need corner help on the outside. You need an additional safety up opposite Julius Peppers. There are so many other things that you could have taken care of advantage of and taken care of on the defensive side of the ball other than Leonard Williams. Yeah. When you Which games did you go back and watch? I've watched the entire season. So... What what were the things that popped out to you that were positive that you think would work well? And what was, I really want to know, what was the glaring thing that you watched on film and went, wow, he doesn't have that? Well, I, I love the fact that he's a run stopper. If you're going to be an inside guy, you better be able to hold up against double teams and let your linebackers run. He has that capability to do that. Do you think the Arizona But there's a game, lot of defensive tackles that can do that, that you can get in the third, fourth, or fifth round. Right. You pick somebody and you pay them that money because they're affecting the football game by getting after the quarterback and getting them off the spot. It's great to get pressure, but you've got to finish the pressure. Almost isn't done. So you saw a lot of almost. Almost. Mm. And a lot of time, the almost wasn't enough to get the quarterback off of the spot. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence was kind of the snacks filling yep. guy, and they still haven't found. I mean, I feel like you guys have been looking for a pass rusher since July 4th with JPP. Like, I feel like ever since then, you guys have been missing a pass rusher. I mean, really. I mean, figure all the players that they've brought in haven't met the standards of what Giants defense is about. Yeah. I've always said, and it kills me to say it, but in 07 and 11, when in the Super Bowl, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. When you can affect a quarterback like Tom Brady and you have an arsenal of players that you can come in and out like hockey line shifts and rush for and have back-end help, that's how you win Super Bowls. And you know who what three teams have that right now? And then I'll let you go. Patriots, Saints, Niners. Yes. Packers have it too. Packer, to an extent, they, they, they're it's a little up and bit down. more shallow, but those three waves of yeah. people. The biggest issue that I have with the trade is that the Giants know that they're in a position where they have to reload. I mean, that, yeah. that's what they're trying to you do. You would they, think so, yeah. You would think they, they're trying to reload. You're trying to rebuild at some point. You're not in the position where you're giving no draft picks so you can win in the next couple years. You're trying to reload during the draft. That's what you have to do. You, not right now. What you bring up is the great point, and that's what I was saying at the beginning. Are they building from the beginning, or are they trying to win right now? Or like, do they even have a person in, in, in charge enough to say, this is where, the direction we're going to? You know the That's answer. That's the big Tell question. Me the answer. Tell and, me the answer. And, and it's, it's half and half. I almost feel like this is where the Giants and the Jets got themselves in trouble during the offseason. Yes. Because it wasn't rebuilding. We're retooling. Mm-hmm. We're not rebuilding. We're still going to have competitive football. We're still going to go out there and, and win and be competitive and win football games. Once that changes, once you go from Eli Manning to Daniel Jones, now when you go to the Jets side and all the stuff with the trade talk, what is it? Well, it's only our second year for the Jets. It's only our first year. <laughs> we still have players on the roster from the old GM and the old right. coaching regime. And they're all weird. It's very and easy to pinpoint and it and put it on the old people that were there Always. than to put it on the game plans that you're putting out there. Adam Gase, I'm sitting there watching you play the New England Patriots. If you're having problems with protection with your O line and Sam Darnold, 
Go four down base. Pick four down linemen. Pick one linebacker. So, therefore, everybody knows who they're going after and make adjustments off of that. How about throwing a screen when they're running blitz zero at you? How about throwing a quick slant to the no, man that's just, uncovered? Just get the ball make out adjustments and get the ball out. Yeah. Um, I just realized I love the fact that Westbrook is in a midnight green yeah. and Deal I'm is in, the in blue. a Giants yeah. blue. It just the. Do you guys remember playing each other? Absolutely. You, you didn't also. Conveniently, he has that big old ring on oh, no. that right hand right there, just he, flashing it into my face. Just, just kind of, just annoying me, tap, throwing it, me off. Make it a, I forget what the EDMR or whatever it is. T- put it on the microphone. I hate That's that. That's a Super Bowl. Ring. I hate that. I'm, does, I'm, does that make you feel weird? No, it doesn't make me feel okay. weird. anything at all. Actually, I'm, I'm yeah, I. Of when course. they won, when they won, so let's go 07, because that okay. was that was like the crazier mm-hmm. one I think yeah. because of New England. They're both crazy, whatever. But when they won and. The Eagles had been owning that decade, yeah. and then they're the team that knocks off the Patriots. What was the Eagles like at that time? Well, we were kind of so that was post TO. We were actually had a decent run at that time, but we were like, you know, that team actually wasn't it wasn't a great team. You guys just got hot at the right time, at, at the absolute right, right time. We got hot and healthy at the right absolutely. time, absolutely. And so that team got so hot, you're like, wow. Now you start to think that's all we have to do. We have to make sure that November, December, we get hot, just like the Giants did. This is a yeah. great example. If we could do that. Then we got an opportunity to win. So in a weird way, it kind of gave you hope. It gave us absolute hope, absolutely, because there were there were years, to year in particular, where we were we would win 12, 13 games easily, no problem. We weren't talking about getting to the playoffs. Yeah. we were talking about our seeding, home field advantage, those types of things. But you guys showed you guys went on the road and went run three games on the road that year, right? Well, we won eleven on the road in those seven. <laughs> 11, 11 Look straight on the road. Look at that. That's yeah. wild. You won every road game. Every that year? road game. Yep. What? Why? That's almost unheard. We of, were actually. called the Road Warriors. We yeah. still have an NFL record, the 07 season, living a, a winning 11 straight on the road, and it That's was perfect. all because of Eli. Right, it was. A, I will tell you this. <laughs> I guarantee I would not have two Super Bowl rings if he wasn't uh, I, our quarterback. I, I, I guarantee you wouldn't have two Super Bowl rings if you didn't have OC coming off the damn edge <laughs> and Michael Strahan. That's I guarantee <laughs> that. Well, you, well, you, you, just, you just mentioned it. Defenses win Super Bowls. You just mentioned I how you guys did it. That's on how the, you guys did. On True. the offensive side of the ball, there were th- some of the adjustments that Eli would make were absolutely incredible pre-snap. I always tell this to people. People are like, well, talk about his IQ. Talk about his intelligence. Figure we had a run just like you guys did in Philadelphia where our offensive line had 64, 65 straight starts. Yeah. Dude, you're absolutely right. Both of your teams were together for like five years. Yeah, that's line. right. Yeah. Yours with like Trey mm-hmm. Thomas and John Runyon were there. And, and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then you with like you, Snead. Soybert, O'Hara, and McKenzie. Damn. Yeah, so we had that. And so sh- when you guys played each other, it was such a great rivalry because you knew each other. That's like it was true. always yeah. the same. Yeah. Right, yeah. So about your offensive line. So no. So during that time, we used to have competitions where we go out there during the practice field, and we try to beat Eli with an alert, a check, an audible. Oh, this blitz is coming! And all that time, we beat him once, mm-hmm. one time in practice to get the adjustment on the pass protection. A strong safety would have like a split foot over. He'd be like, "Alert, alert!" Will be. How the hell did you see that? Mm. And he could just pick those things up. And for him to be able to do that and for us to be able as an offensive line to have that cohesion, that's why we won so many games on the road is because I could look at Rich Soybert. I didn't have to say a word, and we were on the same page offensively with what we 
want to do against that defense with crowd noise on it. Continuity is is so uh, such a forgotten aspect yeah. of figuring out which NFL teams are going to be great. And it, it's so funny because every year the team that signs the most free agents, we jokingly call them the dream team. And then, of course. Like, like the Browns right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody was like, oh, but then we still pick them to win the AFC North. And, and Baker Mayfield. Not all of us. Oh, of course. Well, because I'm we picked the name. I had the Ravens. <laughs> I know. You picked them as a wild card. Oh. I remember. I did not have them making the playoffs. You didn't. I did not. I thought you said you when we no, talked the last time, you said maybe a wild card. I also, when I talked to you, I also had the Niners in, and I regret changing that, but I had the, the Browns falling out. I okay. had the Jets making it. Ooh. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Sam Darnold, stop kissing. This is kissing your everybody. fault. You did this to you. So um, let's do a few of the, the storylines that right. kind of happened. Um, Akib Talib gets traded to the Dolphins yep. in the Brock Osweiler type of mold. In essence, the Dolphins, I'll take the player that you don't want to pay anymore so that I can get a draft pick. Yeah. My question for you guys is, can you imagine what it was like for Akib Talib to get off the plane and to walk into the Miami facility and pretend like he was happy to be there? Well, first, you you don't want to be a dick, right? Well, first of all, he's on IR, so he, he'll yeah, never, he'll he's never, never play playing. there. He'll never play there. But he's designated to return, so you're telling me that he could just, in essence, Well, he can't come back yeah. until week 15. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, more than likely, he'll never play there in Miami. But does he still go there and, like, meet up with Brian Flores and say hi or Why no? not? Why not? What's, what's going to hurt? But, but So do you think the whole time he's like, Brian? Yeah, what you know the deal. Hey, I'm not on. coming to meetings. I ain't coming. Yeah. This is my first time here. I may now. Miami's a nice place now. Yeah. So Miami might be a place where Believe you want to go and hang out. The for only thing that Akib Talib has with that staff is familiarity. Because figure Brian yes. Flores was in New England when right. Akib right. Talib was there. So at least that's one thing that when you go back to the initial trade talks when he was in Denver, there were only two teams that he wanted to go to. It was either right. the Patriots or the Rams. Mm-hmm. So at least he has a familiarity with the defense. But you know outright that the, this move was made for the Rams to open up salary cap yeah. for Jalen Ramsey They're to sign him to his long-term contract. Question. Yeah. Um, hey, L.A. Rams, you have like, it feels like 80% of your salary locked up in five guys, yep. right? Goff, Gurley, it will soon be Ramsey. Donald. Uh, Donald, and then I'm missing uh, uh, probably like Andrew Whitworth is getting like $20 million. I know. Yeah. And like one of the receivers, I think. Okay. But anyway... He was designated to return week 15. You are in the Super Bowl window right now. And if your corners going into the playoffs were Tlaib and Jalen Ramsey, you have a chance. I don't know what the benefit is. You can still pay Ramsey after the year. But unless they know that he was not going to come back, if the injury was that bad, I just thought that was the playoff. I think he has broken ribs. Yeah, yeah, I think think it's his ribs. I mean, they they say basically five million bucks by by cutting. What I'm saying is fuck the money. I, doesn't it make sense? That, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm crazy. I, can, I, can, I can understand where you're saying F, fuck the money because you're playing for the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And it gives you the opposite side of Jalen Ramsey yes. to where you have a veteran with experience. But I know this. I know that the Rams weren't happy with the way that he was playing okay. this season. He wasn't, he wasn't playing, playing well, playing well no. this year. We know that they made this move to Jalen Ramsey. So that they can play press man with Wade Phillips right. and give that split second extra for Aaron Donald in the pass rush sure. to get home on the quarterback. So that's a part of it. But then also, you know, for the Rams team, in order for them to trade Tlaib, the whole point you're trading somebody for is the fact that you don't think that the other team's going to get the return on investment on him that you did. So they feel that his play is yeah. diminished. 
we can move on from them, even if it's this season, Makes knowing that we'll get something in the long run. I so, think they like the, they like their young cornerback Troy Hill too a little. Yep. Bit. I, I think he's been playing well. They liked him. Yeah. They want to give him some more opportunities. And again, th- that little money issue there, that five million bucks, doesn't sound yeah. like a lot to a football team. But when you have all those different guys that you're paying, yeah. yeah. I guess my up. thing is just the way they call the games in the playoffs and how they kind of they don't call pass interference as much. Having like a veteran corner in the playoffs, I don't know if I have value. That was sad to me. Also sad to me is His what value if he's playing good. Exactly. Yeah, playing true, good. true, true, true. Playing good. Yeah. Andy Dalton. Like Happy birthday, Andy. Holy yeah. fuck. You're Take on the that. bench. Happy <laughs> birthday. We're benching. I just want to say this. These two things can both be right. The Bengals need to look at Ryan Finley to yep. see if he's the quarterback of the future because they're rebuilding. And they should have done this a long time ago with Andy Dalton. My thing that's an issue is they have stood behind this guy the entire time. And Andy Dalton has never said anything bad. Mm-hmm. He has stood behind Marvin Lewis. If there's any player that could call out the ownership of being lackluster and not trying to win a Super Bowl, it is Andy Dalton, who has been there through shitty offensive yep. lines and no wide receivers and no plan. And he's a top five yards thrower in the NFL right now. Yeah. And my, I guess my issue is... It's like Carson Palmer all over again. That's right. This is the same thing that happened to Eli when Giants fans kind of got very upset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they looked at Eli and they're like, you could have done better by Eli. You could have like moved him or traded him, but now he's just like dead weight on this bench. I just feel like they did Andy Dalton dirty. I don't know. That's me. I, you, I, I agree with you. If I'm Andy Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton, I certainly agree with you. Here's the thing. But I still think it was the right move by the Bengals. In, in the NFL, I do too. They, yeah. don't, they don't care about your feelings. That's nice. We've been there for a long time. And guess what, Brian Dawkins? I know that you're going to be a Hall of Famer. We're cutting you and send you out to, to yeah, Denver and play out there. Yeah. Andy Dalton, listen, he's, he probably would have been a starter for any team, the Redskins, the Dolphins. He's he better been a than Trubisky right now. For a bunch of teams in the NFL. And absolutely, he should have had that opportunity. But teams don't think like this. You're telling me that the Cincinnati Bengals, who have shown no forethought over the last 15 years, are now saying in week five, hey, we're probably not going to play uh, Dalton later on, so let's let's try to get something for him. When? When did they show that type of forethought? Ugh. When did they show that ability to say, we're going to foresee what's going to happen in the future? They never have. This is not a surprise to He's me. He's under contract next year as well for 17-5, but what's interesting, you know what his dead cap is? Zero. Zero. So Andy Dalton ain't going to be on the Bengals so, and, this year. And that's exactly why there was no trade bait out there. Why are you going to trade something for Andy Dalton they're when you know at the end anyway. of the season they're going to release him and you don't have to give up any equity in that's order right. to well, get him? Well, I would I would look around the league, and I know there's a lot of young quarterbacks, but I also think there's a lot of teams. There's a few teams right now that are looking at their quarterback situation and go, Andy Dalton will be great for us. Tennessee mm-hmm. is probably thinking yeah. that. Chicago, maybe Uh-oh. John Elway right now with this issue with the neck of Joe Flacco and the fact that Joe Flacco now, they do have Drew Locke, and that is a thing. But Andy Dalton, like, hey. I look at Kansas City, and I'm going to let you talk because I'm talking too okay. much. Sorry. No, you're good. Mahomes goes down. Yep. Matt Moore comes in, played phenomenal. Played well. New Orleans, Drew Brees goes down. Teddy Bridgewater come in, plays phenomenal. Same thing down there with Kyle yep. Allen. The backup quarterback position, if you are truly a Super Bowl contender, is valuable if that guy goes down. But I also think Andy Dalton is better than a lot of starters in the NFL. I'm going to shut up now. I think what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing is from the top office down, this is a a little bit of tanking on their part. 
Because, number one, you know you're not going to get a fair evaluation of Ryan Finley when you have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL and your best receiver's not on the field Mm -hmm. anyways. So that's a part of it. And then, two, what this allows them to do with Zach Taylor in his first year to get a fair evaluation of Ryan Finley and his football team to figure out if he's the future of this organization. If he's not, you move to step three with knowing that right now at 0-8, either you can go out and try to get in the Teddy Bridgewater race and go get an NFL free agent, or you're going to go in and go for the Herbert, Tua uh, type of draft yeah. pick in order to f- fill this need. I think they like Finley. I, I think that they like Finley, and too. Finley He's was good in the well, preseason. Yeah. But, but the thing that you knew about him coming out of college to the pro game is that he was prepared in regards to the X's and O's, the going through the, the progressions and the reads, but they always said, his ceiling was so much lower than every other quarterback. It is. What are you going to see from him? In, 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 Ryan Finley? Yeah, in the next eight games. Are you going to see? I will say this. When Ryan Finley came in the preseason, he was wildly accurate. Yep. He made a few good plays under pressure, and he does have some mobility. Yep. But I think, look, I agree with the Bengals. You have... Why waste the year of putting up a great year for Andy Dalton so that he could be a pro ball alternate? Who the fuck cares? You might as well give this kid eight games and go, let's see what we have in Finley. Because if he sucks, like if he's really, really bad, then you move on. And that was the issue with the Giants did with Davis Webb. Well, that's why you never looked at Davis Webb. So I do agree. And that's where the whole outrage came with Bench and Eli. If you're really looking towards the future, give Davis Webb the opportunity. My issue is this is my fucking issue. My issue is. You're the Bengals. Your first-round pick, Jonah Williams, went down in the preseason, and A.J. Green did too. You knew that you had no fucking chance. Give up then. Like, why? Like to me, it's just like— but that's, I feel, that's I feel like my point, Dalton's, though. Yeah, yeah. But where's the forethought? You thought they were oh, going to have exactly. forethought now in week nine? Yes. They didn't have it before? All right, so. They for, never have it. <laughs> you, for, you, you want a, a magic trick? You cool if I correct you really quick? I'm yeah. not being a dick. Go ahead. Foresight. For, forethought, foresight, for. Nothing. No. (laughs) (laughs) You brought up, he brought up Teddy Bridgewater. We are going to make a bet right now. If you'd like to jump in the bet too. All right. Uh, When Westwood makes a bet, he makes a money. He bets monies. Monies. Okay. Monies. So we got into an argument recently about how much Teddy Bridgewater is going to get paid. And Mm -hmm. then a writer here at Bleach Report, Mike Freeman had a story that said, very good writer. 20 to 30. I saw it. He said he could get anywhere between 20 and $30 million for agency. He sent me the article. Yes. I responded back. First of all, there's a huge fucking difference between 20 and $30 million. Yes, there is. Like, can we talk about the fact that that range slight, slight is different. ridiculous? Yes. Different. If you're getting 20, you're getting paid around what Andy Dalton makes. If you're getting paid 30, now you're getting paid around what Carson Wentz makes. Yes. So... I would like to make a bet that it's closer to 20 than it is to 30. And I think, to be fair, we make 25 the line. And if it's under, I under win. And if it's over, you I win. I think 23 should be the line. That's I just think, I'm just telling you, well, it's I between 20 and 30 so million. Fair. You got to cut the difference. We're talking, about a, we're talking about a backup quarterback. You know what? And because, he, and you know what? because he went 5 it's and 0. Fair. That's it. Because it's he went fair. 5 and 0, I think it might get pushed up. I think it should be more around 27. I think 23 is fair. And I see 27. And I'm okay with agreeing with 23. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I think that we, luckily, 25. Have, okay, we have 25. David Deal here today as the arbiter. 25. What do you think is fair? At uh, 25, under over. Yeah, it's right you, down the middle of 20 and 30. Are you okay with 25? I'm not okay with 25 because David's here, and he's a Super Bowl champion two times. This may backfire uh, on me. I'll give you 24 and a half. 24 and a half. Deal. 
Done. I, one, I witnessed it. Yes. I win, what do you think? What do you think he's going to get? I, I think that he's going to get around 26, 27. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, my do. man right here. I, the, the, reason, he the reason why uh, let me I look say. At the other, you keep talking. I'm going to The reason why out. I say that is, number one, he's proven that he, he's healthy. Two, he's proven that he can guide a football team in an adverse situation where he takes over midpoint, and he didn't even start the season with yep. this team. And then number three, the fact that he's a veteran with experience that has character that everybody loves in the locker room, teams are willing to pay more for that player, especially when you're going to be the face of the franchise, than another player. Teddy Bridgewater coming in gives you a better chance to win than somebody else starting from scratch. I'll tell you, let me ask you this. I am very nervous. Here's a question. If you put him on the Chicago Bears right now, this season, yep. how many games do they win? Let's say they end up winning... I don't know. Six games this what year. What's the record okay. right now? I don't even know. Three and five. Three, three and four. Three, three and four. four. No. So, yeah, three and four. Three and four. Yeah. Wow. So let, let's say they end up winning I'd say six, they're, seven they're probably, games. They're probably five and three right now. That's better. I probably give them two games. I give them two games. Yeah. So, so they're, I, I really they're in the wild yeah. card race. You give them that Oakland game in London. That's yep. a quality. That's a quality start yeah. right there. Well, no, that's the question because that was Chase Daniel. So I would, I would go all of the games Trubisky play. I guess <laughs> I don't know. The reason that I'm scared is when you look at the contract salaries, there is nine quarterbacks getting paid $27 million or more, the ninth being Matt Stafford. So the ones on the bottom are Stafford at 27, Garoppolo at 27.5, Cousins at 28, Matt Ryan at 30. The Cousins, Cousins did have leverage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coming he off franchise the tag the at the perfect time. time. Yeah. Right? Now, what's interesting is Drew Brees at 10 is getting an average salary of $25 million a year. Okay. So you're saying that Teddy is going to get it, it's so funny when, when that 25 is no, a line. When, when, did, yeah. when Drew Brees when did he getting, get paid, though? That's the question. Uh, for sure. Now, Derek Carr is also getting 25. It's actually a great line. That's a great analysis. Because, right because I yeah. look I look at Carr and Brees, and like Alex Smith is getting 23 and a half. Uh, uh, shit, Aaron Donald's up there. Khalil Mack's up there. Nick Foles got 22. So if that's that's why I feel a little bit confident. I think, if I, Nick I, Foles got 22. I think Teddy's better than Nick Foles. Not even I, close. But I, I could see a GM going, we feel comfortable giving you 22.5, so you're ahead of Nick Foles. I could see that. Uh, if you're Teddy, right, let's say it comes down to Chicago and Miami. Okay. Chicago says we'll give you 23.5. Miami says we give you twenty. I mean, obviously you're going to go with the yeah, more I think money, Miami's right? Trapped in a quarterback, they're doing a. They probably are. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's Denver. But, but these guys, if he's a free agent, you have you're bidding against each other. Yeah. You got to pay the kid. I think. Well, Teddy, you know what? Why? Why would he take less than the going we're gonna rate? Know, we're if gonna he's going to be the face of a franchise, we'll know the market for Teddy when the draft order comes out and we see how many of these kids declare for the draft, and then through the draft process, how many of them are seen as franchise quarterbacks, and how many of these teams that need quarterbacks have picks in the top ten. Because if there if there's three quarterbacks and there's three teams in the top ten, it might be a low market for Teddy. But if there's let's say only let's say only two let's say two doesn't come out with this okay. ankle injury. Yeah. That could fuck up some teams. I, I heard Definitely. today there's going to be four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. I heard that today. Have you been watching quarterbacks That's at crazy. all? Yeah, I, I have. have. I've, I've been watching it a little bit, but the thing that I also wanted to mention here is that we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater, and I know that you guys have mentioned other teams. Why haven't we mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Jameis Winston is not going to be on the Buccaneers And the Tennessee Titans. No or the Tennessee Titans. So when you think about Bruce Arians wanting a mobile quarterback, which he hasn't had in a and long the Pittsburgh time. Pittsburgh Steelers. That can push the football downfield. I see that as a great landing spot for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, can Teddy throw the deep ball consistently? Yeah. Eh, I mean, he's been okay. I think that he, he can make – he can be – 
made to work in a Bruce Arians offense, yeah. but they would have let it go deep in, in Tampa what Bay. What Teddy brings you more than anything is comfort. And stability. Stability. Absolutely. Yeah, and, he's going to be and, smart. And you guys know what it's like to be on a team when you don't got the guy and what it's like to be on a team that has the guy. Right. But also you've been on teams that have been with guys that get it done. You know, like... Shit. Jeff Garcia. Gets Jeff it done. Garcia came in there and got it done and yep. went on a six-game winning streak yep. and held it down and they could have made a run. I don't know this Yeah, shit. you don't. <laughs> I was going to say... I was going for the same quarterback your whole career. I was going to say your career. good wow. friend, Jesse I, Palmer. I guess there really never that was, was an injury. That was my rookie season. So I started off... How about this? Kerry Collins was my first quarterback. You were gone by the time David Carr played? Uh, I was No, I was still here. Okay. So my rookie season in 03... Kerry Collins was my starting quarterback. My backup was Jason Garrett. Wow. And my third stringer was Jesse Palmer. And then from there, then we went to what Kurt What the Wa- fuck was that yeah. quarterback room? Then like? we went to no, 04, no, no, Kurt Warner, Eli Manning, after they drafted him number one overall, and then from there it took off. Kerry Collins, yeah. Jason Garrett, yeah. <laughs> and Jesse Palmer. Yes. The Bachelor, the Clapper, and Kerry Collins. Yeah. What was, I mean, what three different people? I, was, Kerry I, Collins mean, got, I don't know if he was getting down back then. I, I mean, I was in a, a whirlwind my rookie year starting at right guard. I mean, I'm not sitting here evaluating the quarterback room. The thing that was interesting was, is number one, I knew Jason Garrett from his time backing up Troy Aikman in the playoffs. I knew Kerry Collins. And then at this time, Jesse was just our yeah. third string backup. But by the time we got to week 17, one of the greatest stats that nobody will ever know, who did Bruce Smith sack to get the record for the sacks? Is it Garrett? No, it's Jesse Palmer. Jesse Palmer. We were down that low to where in the offense, the only starters in the offensive huddle that were still left were me and Tiki Barber week 17. Wow. 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 Did you know that Jason Garrett was going to be a coach? During your rookie season when he was the backup? Well, I mean, I obviously I spent time with him. I knew he was intelligent. I knew he was smart. I knew the history of and background about his dad, but I was only there for one year with him. Gotcha. What happened is, is in 04, when Coach Coughlin came in, we started coming in early for the offseason to start getting acclimated. I'll never forget the first day I walk in and I'm going to check in and I see Jason Garrett in the weight room doing hand cleans. With the new strength coach. Really? I go upstairs. I have meetings. I come downstairs. Jason Garrett's in the locker room. I'm like, hey, JG, what's this? What's going on? He's like, I'm out of here. No, I can't do this. That was the last time I ever saw Jason Garrett in the locker room. Wow. He retired wow. immediately after. There. Wait, so the new strength coach came in and says, we're going to do some powerlifting throws. Yeah. Like Jason Jason and I'm watching I'm Jason out. Garrett do hang cleans in the locker room. and into How weapons. was he doing? Were they uh, smooth? Was well, they were not form? smooth whatsoever, nor should <laughs> any quarterback ever be doing hang do cleans really or power th- cleans. That's got to be a wild thing, that realization where yeah. something happens where you go, this ain't it anymore. And you think that was the moment for him? Yeah. Yeah, wow. it was, I, I know it was the moment for him because he told me this is wow. it. I'm out of here. And then down the road in uh, in 2009, he was uh, the coach of the at the Cowboys, and he was there when I was there for the Pro Bowl. I'm like, this is kind of crazy, JG. This is weird looking at you from yeah. this lens. Is it weird to see like you had this with Deuce too? And like I remember Greg Lewis became a coach. Yeah, what I went to like? college with G. Lou. Did you? That's yeah, right. We went to Illinois together. Wow. Could you imagine that guy being a coach? Because he played with me, and I was like, he has nothing. <laughs> nothing that a coach would have. He doesn't have any of those things. I know. Not he, one thing. He, he, he's, he's laughing. He's, he's joking laughing, all the time. He, joking he doesn't all the like time. to go to practice or meetings. Still has a legendary catch by Brett Favre in the back of the Great end zone. Catch. In the 
when he was on Absolutely. the Vikings. That's right. That killed me when he. But I never expected it. But the thing that I knew about G, uh, G. Lou, he loved the game of football, and he'd be re- able to relate with the younger players. Yeah, right. he wouldn't take anybody's bullshit. You know that. I, I love G. Lou. Uh, he almost got in a couple of fights. Maybe he was he was always <laughs> playing jokes. He was always and chirping joking all always, the time. Yep. Guys didn't like that. So he's up there for. A player that you didn't think would be a coach. no way, no way. He's Never a wide receiver coach, coach in Kansas City. I wide know. receiver coach yep. in Kansas City. Are there any other guys that you have that like you can't believe they're a coach right now? Like still. Um, you, you know what's weird, and, and I, I never knew. I, I speaking knew, of which, Kafka went to St. Rita in Chicago. He's the quarterback's coach of Kansas City now, too. Who's yes, that? he is. The quarterback, the backup quarterback that you guys have. Eagles stretched out of Northwestern. Northwestern. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah eight yeah, years yeah. ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of those Northwestern quarterbacks that everyone says is really smart and then he doesn't actually play in the no, NFL. No. Yeah. Um, Do you see the dot? I, I showed you the Donovan McNabb tweet. So there's this story now with Kyrie Irving and okay. the Brooklyn Nets. And Donovan McNabb was like, when is Durant going to admit that he shouldn't <laughs> have ever left? And then Durant tweeted back at him like, relax, McNabb. It was phenomenal. It was Lowercase McNabb, just like, yeah, relax. All right, so you, this is going to be weird. I, I love Don. Was it from the regular account or burner account? Which one was it? It was his regular, regular account. account. Oh, he went full frontal with it. <laughs> so you're, next Thursday, McNabb is being put into the Philadelphia Hall of Fame. Yeah, Philadelphia Hall, Hall of Fame. Philadelphia, like the city Hall of Fame. Okay, yeah. this may be awkward for you, but we did this thing before where I asked Westbrook, what was the defense like the week before they would play Eli? Okay. Because when... When Eli first got pulled, it was like, is he a Hall of Famer and all that stuff? I have a feeling he's going to get in. I don't want to get into a thing about Eli. But I'm curious, from your perspective, what was the Giants defense like before playing McNabb and the Eagles? But also, what were they game planning with with Westbrook? Like how a, You guys had a real I – mean, so, like, in Philadelphia, everybody wants it to be Philly versus the the, yeah. the, the Cowboys. Yeah. But for our generation – It was Philly Giants. It was, it was Philly Giants was. because the Cowboys weren't very good at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it was always Philly's Giants. And, it was always going and up and down the turnpike for Up and down. Yeah. And you guys had a nasty defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys on the D-line that chirped the whole time. Linebackers chirped the whole time. I just want to know what the Giants were saying about Westbrook but also McNabb. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the one thing, contain them. You know, don't let them roll outside of the pocket and have those extra time to make those big plays downfield because that's the thing. We can remember him spinning out, rolling one way, and just getting that extra shot downfield. And I told you this. You know, there weren't – and I'm not puffing smoke because you're here – but I said there weren't a lot of guys that I get up. But I used to always get up, and I told you this to watch you guys oh, and watch you that. run. Not only because of the way that you ran the ball, but the screens. You guys used to oh, double screen, yeah. backside stuff. I, you were one of the definite players in my 11 year career that I would get up once we were done doing our offensive line stuff to go watch you go out I there appreciate and play. That man. When you when an offensive lineman watches an other team use a lot of screens, do you get jealous? Damn right. Yeah. Slow down the pass rush. But Slow like that, down. Help us out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You get to run and just find DBs. Like that's got to be a blast. We, and we used to always say when that happens. Don't be an actor. Be a tractor. How many times <laughs> do you see an offensive lineman running the screen and he's running? They're hitting nobody. And he's looking around That's and right. he pulls a no hitter. Go hit somebody. <laughs> You're not out there for the camera. Go lay somebody out and make a play down there. Is I there, had an argument this week yeah, actually please. with Trey Thomas. You remember Trey Thomas? Yeah, right? big so Trey. Yep. We we're arguing because there's not a lot of guys offensive lineman wise that throw. They they, they, they don't yep. throw and cut people anymore. Yeah. They just run and just run and try to push you out of the way. They try to body them up. From from my view, if you just throw, just 
Just throw your body at him. Yeah. Get the defender's hands down. Runyon used to throw his body. Runyon was a nasty. <laughs> I, I love John Runyon. He's, he's a legendary football player. John Runyon didn't talk to me for a whole year. My, my rookie year, he never talked to me. It just so happened my second year, we're in the hot tub together, probably week three or four. I'm the starting damn running back, and he just gets in. He's like, hey, Wes, I need you to find it, sign this ball. He threw it at me, and then he just talked to me but for an hour straight. Literally an hour straight. How funny has, has time changed? He was running for, like, Congress yeah. or Senator. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that wild? He was a politician. Breaking all the rules. Breaking everything and all the rules right. of an offensive lineman, not going out and speaking in public or speaking to the media. Well, well now he's in charge of the penalties. Yeah, the now he's in charge of the penalties. Yeah. yeah, at the NFL office. Is there an offensive lineman right now that you get excited to go watch mash people? Is it Quentin Nelson? Of course. Yeah. You know, I've known Quentin since he was 17. You yeah, remember, he's, he's from Red guy. Bank. Mm-hmm. He's a Jersey guy. But then my offensive line coach, Harry Heaston, who I had for my five years at Notre Dame, Dame. Yeah. was at Notre Dame. He's at Chicago right now? He's still? with the Bears now, yeah. But I remember Ronnie Staley coming in early. Yep. I remember McGlinchey. I remember Zach Martin. I remember Nick Martin because I used to go there during the spring ball to help him coach. And I'll never forget when he came in, when I met him earlier in Red Bank, and now he's a young player. I'm like, man, this guy's going to be a good ball player because mm-hmm. Everything he did revolved around football. He went and did jujitsu. He went and did martial arts to work on his hands. He was strictly all about the game, and he plays the way that it should from start to the end, through the whistle. That's how you play old line football. He doesn't stop. No. Ever. No. He kind of he gives me a little bit of your vibes. Like I remember being. I told you. I used to tell you the minute that the whistle would blow, I give him an extra show, a little bit extra, a little bit extra. Because number one, it starts wearing them down, and they start sitting there realizing that you're on them for the entire play for the game. But two, it starts to piss them off, and now all of a sudden they're more worried about fighting you than worried about doing their job. I want to try an experiment. I'm going to say a offensive linemen are the smart, the smartest players I know on the doggone team. He's looking at you and he's like, like, "Whoa!" All right, I this is an experiment. I just the ring out of here, man. I'm going to say a play, <laughs> and I, I want to see how it impacts each of your emotions, okay? Um, oh, I don't think you were on the team at this time. When were you drafted? 03. No, you weren't. I was on 03 to 14. Were my I was going to say the, the play when McNabb rolled out and hit James Thrash in the back of the end zone on Monday Night Football. Yeah, that was yeah. before me. That was yeah, a good that was play. Before you. I mean, if you want to talk about Deshaun Jackson returning Ooh. the punt return, that was a that's me. Play. We've talked about that before. Okay, or this, David Akers in a wild card game in 06, hitting upright and going in. Damn, this is before both of you. Never mind. What are you talking about? What year was this? How old are you? What happened? 2000. Are you Benjamin Buttons over there? Jason, (laughs) one of the worst moments for Eagles-Giants that, this is before both of your time, was in the 2000-2001 divisional game when we were the surprise team and the Giants were the really good team and we thought Mobile Donovan had a chance and it ended with the crazy Jason Seahorn interception Mm. where he was bouncing it on his his back. Neither of you guys were there, but that one for me was like... So really, it was just an experiment on my emotions. I'm depressed <laughs> or hurt. Trade deadline kind of sucked. Um, I am fascinated, though, by what's happening with the Jets. Jamal Adams, middle of this, accuses the GM of saying, I'm never going to trade you. And then reports come to him because social media is bubbling, oh, yeah. saying they're looking to move him. He then apparently says, I'd love to go play in Dallas. I'm from Texas. Then afterwards says, I never said that. And then today in front of reporters says, no, I would like to go to Dallas. Robbie Anderson is thrilled he doesn't get traded. Le'Veon's putting out videos. I thought of all the teams, they were the one where I can't imagine being told we're going to trade you and then having to go and play for that team the next day and you're one in seven. 
Like, get the fuck out of here. I have no interest Think in Think about going. Muhammad Sanu. He went from 1-7 and seven to 8-0. Yeah. Well, that's the great side. Yeah. But for this, I can't imagine the Jets right now feel too great coming back in the locker room well, on Tuesday. Well, what time are you? I think that it's hard because if you're a GM, just because a team calls and says, hey, we're interested in Jamal Adams, you can shut it down right away. Yeah. They didn't do that. The Jets should have done that if they felt that way. They should have shut it down. Hey, he's not on the trade block. We're not interested. And they should have made a statement about that. That was it. Yep. And they never did that, which I think that's just wrong. Yeah. And and now you have to go back into that locker room and look that GM in the eye like, yo, what's the deal? You told me that you were building a team around me, and you're getting rid of the guys in the front line, but you're also saying that I'm on the trade block. This is the same GM that fought Quinn and Williams over stipulations in his rookie contract, tooth and nail, and he didn't come back. This is the same GM uh, that had a huge issue with Kelechio Semele, who he recently cut, and he refused to allow to get surgery, when now two to three doctors have already said that it was torn way worse than it actually was. It's not my shoulder, it's your shoulder, and it's torn, but you can play. I'm okay, you can fight. And as you said before, this is a GM that's come in and said, I want my guys. Well, guess what? Probably 80% of that locker room's not his guys. What the fuck are you feeling if you're a Jets player right now? Think about it. Leonard Williams, that's one thing that you can say, okay, number yes. six overall, we get our trade value back on it with a third and fifth, maybe a fourth rounder, depending on how it works out. We can make this one happen. Jamal Adams, regardless of what team you put him on, his arrow's still going up. Yes. You're not sitting here thinking, well, well if we put him in this environment, he's not going to produce. He's going to produce on 31 other teams that you put him on. So you know that you need a return on investment on him. Then to say, well, you know, we weren't thinking about trading him, but these calls go back to tweets weeks ago saying that he was unhappy. You know, my job is to answer the phone because that's what I've been told as a GM that yes. you should do. But the minute that they give you an ass about Jamal Adams, it should be dead if that's not the an true option. case. Not an it's option. not an option. You don't want to sell your house. Somebody says, hey, I want to buy your house. We want to offer you this. You're going to say, no, I'm not selling it. But if now all of a sudden somebody says, I'm going to offer you double what your house is worth, now all of a sudden he's tradable. You're well, willing to sell. That's where yeah. there's the, the blurred <laughs> lines of this is because you know if they would have gotten a first and a second, he would have been in Dallas. You would have traded him and would have traded him off. Well, if you're the GM, like, that is a hard spot to be in. It is. I, I, I'll you tell you why. Because if you publicly say I'm not trading him, and then you do, you've lied to the media, right? And if, the player, more importantly. Also, the tweet came out. I forget who it was, but it was one of the reporters. It may have been Manish saying the only two people that were off the table were Sam Darnold and Quinn Williams. Yeah. So right there. I know that Jamal Adams is available. He's, he's available. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But also realize there's 50 other, 51 other guys that were not mentioned too. Yeah. So now they all just realized, shit, I, Marcus May just went, wait, I was on the table? Yeah. You know could, what I mean? Like, Could you imagine if you were on the Jets and you just, as of yesterday, traded Jamal Adams? You'd be walking into the locker room like, the fuck is going on here? Well, here's the deal. I if, mean, literally. I think they're if, saying if, that today. I mean, if you're winning six... Everyone in the locker room should be saying, I'm tradable. Yeah. That's what they should be saying, yeah. no matter what the GM says. So that, that, that's the beginning thing. The GM could have, he could have quieted at the beginning by saying, we're not going to trade him. The other part is this if you're the GM of the Jets, I think I would be saying, listen, you know, I'll listen to your offer. Now that I think about it, I mean, I don't want to trade the kid, but if you're going to offer me something crazy like the, the, the Dolphins got for Laramie Tunsil, then yeah, if you're saying a one and a two, okay, we're probably still rebuilding yeah. a little bit. I'll take that. 
I mean, you you have to kind of leave that door open now sure. that I rethink it. I, I look at it, too, and I see, look, there was a lot of trade movement earlier, right? We had Tlaib, we had yep. Ramsey, we had Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. we had Mohamed Sanu. Um, we had a number of trades in the last I few love weeks. how nobody's talking about Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett on the Dallas that's Cowboys is something that's a, that's big a big pickup. Pick really upset me as an Eagles fan. <laughs> if 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 he can get along in the locker room for the next eight weeks, which he will, which he will, which he will, especially because it's Mirinelli, right? So it's like army guy that's like, let's go kill people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Bennett's and, more of a free thinker, but but, but, but Dallas the whole is just point get the quarterback. Of what, what Mirinelli wants to do beast. disrupt everything, yeah. and that's what Bennett that's does. That's what he does. That's what he does. So I will say this that the realization for these GMs of the compensatory picks that you get by allowing a guy to leave, I think has impacted the trade value market. No question. So the fact that the the Jets are looking at Robbie Anderson and going, you know what, if he gets a pretty good deal, we might get a fourth or fifth round pick out of it. And that Washington's going, okay, if Trent Williams signs somewhere next year, maybe we'll get something out of this. Well, Trent Brown, that's what the New England Patriots did when he signed with the Raiders. Patriots, the Eagles, these are the teams that have mastered the compensatory pick market. But I also look at the Jets, Washington, Cincinnati. I don't think Robbie Anderson's going to get that big of a contract. No, either do I. Uh, this whole Trent Williams thing, it's a depreciating asset, and he's come out there and been like, oh, my helmet doesn't fit. He's not reporting at all. I love true one Andy, that. don't. Like, I, I look at these GMs, though, that have these depreciating assets that they're not going to be able to get Maybe they maybe they get a compensatory pick, but I just think that they're holding on to these pieces. That's why I was laughing when people said this argument and they were trying to defend Bruce Allen. Well, maybe if he comes in now and he doesn't play all season, you'll get more trade equity. Now you're making a 31-year-old offensive tackle who hasn't been healthy for the last three seasons sit out an entire year and you think you're going to get more draft capital for him after you've done nothing to nothing. get anything out of well, it? Not only That's that. Crazy. Not only that. Look what your what position your team is in. Yep, your team is in a terrible position. Why wouldn't you go get draft picks? Are you telling me that if they gave uh, Laramie Tunsil the the Dolphins gave up or got a two first and a second for Trent Williams, seven time Pro Bowler? Yep. Come on, that that's crazy. And there are, I would have gave him up just like that. I, I I'm going to do this. I think for next week of the teams that are they're not rebuilding for the future and they're also not Super Bowl eligible. It's this middle group that I feel the worst for their fan bases because there is no plan and there no. is no talent. Mm-hmm. And Washington, to me, is the poster child of this. A team that doesn't plan for the future or the short, tar- short term. They draft a quarterback but have no plan to build around him. They, have they an, pay his safety? They pay a safety $80 million and they're <laughs> leaving him out there on an island. Right. I look at Washington and they are clearly a franchise that is an operation to bring in income. They are not trying to win. They are not trying to grow their fan base. They are trying to make money on ticket sales so that their owner can have a yacht. You know and what? It's an incredible yacht, but it's know. fucked up. I think you're right in the premise, but I think that they're actually are trying to win. This is the weird part. Well, then I think they're, they're really not good at it. I think that's the part that's true. They're not good at it, but I think they're trying to win. I really think that's that they're trying sad. to win because you yeah. can't tell me that you bring in the safety and pay them that type of money. I guess it's better to be ignorant than malicious, but in this, I'd rather a team tanks than just be sucky. How is Bruce Allen still employed in the NFL right from now? What, from what the reports have come out, it's he's that in cahoots. He's, he's, he's Snyder's buddy. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. And shitty owners really care about having someone that they can control. Well, the question is, if can you he look at a lot talent? of major companies? 
this is interesting. And I think you guys would agree. How many business people have you met that have actually surrounded themselves with kind of idiots so that their job is secure? Have you met people like that? Yes. Yeah. I have seen it in a lot of it industries. It makes you feel a lot smarter, doesn't right. it? You know, these guys ones. are loyal and they're never going to stab and you in the back gonna because you, in the you back. have the power. And, and I've seen that a lot of times in like people's jobs and they complain to me about their businesses. That's what Daniel Snyder feels to me. He surrounded himself and he goes, well, at least I'm smarter than Bruce Allen. Yeah. If I ever need to get rid of some if it ever turns too bad, I can cut all BA. That's a quick I think way it's to a be comfort blanket. Absolutely broke, too. Yeah. I mean, unless you're just making a bunch of money from the TV money, but that's a bad business. I think he is. Bad business He's plan. sitting on like a three, four billion. Oh, no, he's dollar making money. Franchise. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's making money. He wants to win, though. He can't, you, you can't make him more money for him to be more relevant. He can't, he, he already is rich, rich. He wants to win football which, games. Which franchise? That's the problem that he has. Which franchise right now is more worse off? The Bengals or Washington? Miami is tanking. There's a plan, so I'm putting them aside. Mm. But Washington or Cincinnati? Washington. 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 Yeah. Because Cincinnati seems to have a plan. They're trying to move to the future. They're at least looking to the future with Finley. They're saying, okay. They have Jonah Williams who will come back from injury yeah, next they're, they're year. Yeah, they guys so it, back. Yeah, but there's complete unrest. It's a, it feels like a mutiny. They got a young coach. Yeah, Washington's done. Oh. If you're Trent Williams, would you have gone in, though? Would you have gone in in, in, in week one? Well, he has to because he he needed to get vested this year to get the accruciation. At this point, point you have to go in. He's playing it perfectly. I want to applaud Trent Williams. I think Trent Williams is about to, instead of holding out, holding in. Well, he should have held in 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 week one, He goes, this helmet doesn't fit right. You know why it doesn't fit right? Because there's that one spot in the front of my head where there was a cancerous tumor (laughs) that you didn't tell me about. And now Trent Williams gets to go, oh. You want to talk about what's wrong with my head? You uh-huh. want to do some MRIs? Yeah. <laughs> I already got it taken care of. So I look at Trent Williams right now. He's going to sit there all week. He's going to be there. Use the oh, do it. I'm going to finish this rant. Well, well what, what, my question is, yeah. why didn't he do it earlier? Why didn't he do it earlier? Why didn't he do it in week one? Uh, because because, because he would have got paid all season long and still had the same result. So have you ever seen a player where um, – like let's say they're like Jalen Ramsey did down there in, in in Jacksonville, right? But I think also Trent Williams is I don't know seven eight years older. He didn't have to go into training camp. Yeah, he didn't have to go in at all. He's been able to spend all of this time with his family and yeah. hang out and relax. But he lost but, all of that money. That's but you know what? Trent Williams has been paid, and because yeah, he's, he's thirty one, yeah. he knows he's still going to get a monster contract. He knows that. You know. Look, it's it's a little bit to go, hey, he, he lost maybe like eight, ten million dollars and he's gonna make forty or fifty, but he still lost eight or ten. Right. But the part that he was in was I don't want to go in that bad. Because let me ask you, if he were to go in, they would probably make him do rehab all the time. Yes. They'd make him lift. They'd make him do all of that. They'd probably make his life awful. Well, no, they would have made him lift. They probably had to do rehab. However, you're gonna have to come in at five in the morning that and head injury, seven at night. I, I, you know. I can't do any of those things. It hurts yeah. my head. But you know what? Like, if he's going to get qualified for a full season and he sacrifices those first eight checks and the training camp checks and he's okay checks, with it, man. of course. But you know what? He knows he has a monster one coming, and that's that's how bad it must be. So, but he's not a free agent after this year. They can't keep him. I, I, they shouldn't have kept him this long, I know. <laughs> to be honest with you. So what do you think this organization that hasn't doesn't have any foresight – what are they going to do? If what do they, they do now? If they go through what they just did with Alec, with Kirk Cousins, where they franchise tagged him 
two, three years in a row and got nothing out of it. If they end up going through a very similar thing with Trent Williams. Well, they, they, they said at the beginning of the year, we are not trading him. We're not trading him. He's going to have to play for the but Redskins. But now they're saying they are. And yeah. it's weird. Well, they should have did that. My, that was one of my favorite stories. And then Deadline. we'll pause to let Deal come back. Uh, one of my favorite stories was that the teams in the NFL were annoyed that Washington for months told them he's not on the trade market. And then on trade deadline day said, hey, you interested? And the rest of the NFL team said, no, you're stuck with them now. That's my That's favorite story, story That's of right. the NFL That's trade right. deadline. That's what the Redskins get. Is that the rest of the NFL said, you motherfucker. That's what they get. That's exactly that. what they get. Because the Redskins, they poop, they messed up this entire process, same way that they did with Kirk Cousins. Welcome back. Perfect Thank timing. You. you perfect timing. All right. Okay. So now what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to the cup. Okay. okay. The cup is a number of random questions that you have to read in So weird this is voices. your life. Random questions, I weird voices. This is always David Ingber, producer, comes up with it. And it's better because I would just come up with the same questions every week, and he's creative. All right. We're going to let you pick first. Okay. And I got to do it in a weird voice? The voice you're going to do, because I just came back from London, give me your best British voice. If the current version of you could talk to your former self right before his first NFL practice, what advice would you give? Mm. Is there more there? No. Okay. That's it. That's the top one. Oh, no, and then read the bottom one, too. Oh, if you were about to attend your first NFL practice and some dude who looks scarily like you but 20 years older just randomly showed up and started giving you advice, would you listen? So it's a two-part question. All right. One, <laughs> you go wrong. back in time. You go back in time when you're a rookie. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give? By the way, great British accent. Thank you. That's the, Let's do that. That's the first question. What would you go back and say to yourself before your very first practice, if you could go back in time and see yourself at the practice field? The, the first thing I would say is you're, you're going to drop some balls. Don't be so nervous because your your first practice, you don't really know what to expect. You're kind of lost. You're kind of you're amongst all yeah. these players. The coaches, you go from a big fish in a small pond to a, a, a small fish in a big pond. Right. So you're, you're a nervous. Third round pick. You're a fifth, fifth round. Yeah. Yep. So you're crazy liberty, and you started. So it, it was. I was the fourth or fifth running back, and so I was kind of in line watching Deuce go and then Dorsey. So you say, B-Mitch. calm down. Just calm down. It's okay. Calm down. It's, it, everything will work out. Just calm down. Would you say anything about how your career is going to go? I would say they're not expecting very much from you anyway this year. Just work on then would work you on your habits for next and, year. Would you look at yourself and wink and be like, but they're going to be using you for a long time. They'll love you later. What would you say to yourself? It's hard because number one, we were a 4-12 team that got Jim Fossil fired with four games left in the season. Number one, that was the first time that I knew that this was a business when you got to the NFL. Because with four weeks left, we find out on Tuesday that he's no longer going to be the head coach. And, of course, Wednesday you start off with your special teams meeting, and then you have your team meeting. I love this story, by the way. So Jim Fossil walks in. Team meeting is supposed to start about 8. Walks in, 8.05. Comes Mm -hmm. storming in. Guys, you know the news after this season, four games left. I'm no longer going to be the head coach of this football team. But I want to let you guys know this. Ship's going down, but a lot of you motherfuckers are coming right with me. 
You got <laughs> four. Who did he point at? The entire everybody. room of everybody on the team. He walked in and said, "Ship's going down, and a lot of you motherfuckers are coming with me." That's the way you do. You got four games left to where now the name on your back of your jersey represents something, and you better go out there and play because not only this team, but thirty-one other teams are going to look and see what the character of you are as a football player. And I was like, "Whoa!" So he walks out. Wellington Mara walks in. Uh, and he's never, in, in my entire time when he was alive as a giant, he's, I've seen him speak to the team twice. Mm. He walks in, gets to the podium. Gentlemen, it's an honor and a privilege to be a New York Giant. If you're not going to go out there, play hard, and represent this team the proper way, come up to my office. I'll give you your checks now, and you can get the hell out of here. Ooh. And he walked out of the room. I'm 21. I'm looking around like, what is going on right now? Holy this crap. is the NFL. Talk about walking in and realizing the magnitude of the business of this game. So what was like the rest of the day like? Well, the rest of the season was we lost those four games. <laughs> and in week 17, we're going out to play the Carolina Panthers. And you remember the old leg over lower back stretch? Yes. I look to my left. I'm like, all right. I look to my right. I have somebody suited up to me next to me. That I have never seen before in my life. And this is Sunday game day. Sunday game day. One o'clock game. I'm looking this and I'm looking over the guy. And I, we signed him on Saturday. He was starting on special teams in that game. Did you say we were like, is this you? suit up a fan game? What is <laughs> it? That, that, that we had no idea who the, the NFL was. That's what the NFL yeah. is about. And that's what, what I'm saying for me lately. If, if you go to and you add this and you make this a 18 game schedule, that's what you're going to be seeing week 18. So wait. So wow. if you went back and saw wow. rookie you, would you would you whisper in your ear, by the way, you're going to win two Super Bowls? No. Would you say that or no? No, because you would ruin, ruin it. You have no idea. Because it would ruin the first one. Maybe you'd win the first Super maybe Bowl the one and you go, I know I got another one coming. Maybe, yeah, that would suck. Maybe go back and wear elbow sleeves my entire career so yeah. I don't have the bone chips and spurs in my elbows that's a good after one. 11 seasons, but maybe that's it. So the follow-up question to that was, now imagine if you're a rookie. And an older Brian Westbrook walks up to you and an older David Deal walks up to you and starts giving you advice. Would you listen or would you be like, what the fuck is happening right now? I, I think you got to listen. You got to listen. You, you got to yeah. listen. If you don't listen, then you're just foolish. But if you also are like, hold up. Why are you over there telling me what to do? <laughs> Who the hell are you anyway? Because right. you know what? If you walked up. You, you know what and I would two do? two Super Bowl rings, hey, you're going to listen to it. You know what? Yeah, if I, I, know, I know what I would do if I was David, David Deal and talking to my rookie self. I would wear one of the Super Bowl rings. And I would look at him and I'd go, and I would just show it to him. Because the reason is when you won that second Super Bowl, you would appreciate the fact that you didn't show him the second Super Bowl. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like that would almost be a surprise. But the first one, and it's and the thing is too is your first one was 2007. Yeah. Playing the 19 and 0 Patriots, you would you you would everyone think you're crazy because you'd be walking around the locker room going, guys, <laughs> we're I'm gonna win you. We <laughs> fucking got it. We fucking got it. So so yeah. I'm on the other side of that. So if I walked up to my 21 year old self, didn't see and be like, hey man, listen. <laughs> You're going to get all the way to the NFC Championships. You're no, going to play a bunch of those. And guess what? You're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Here's a, here's a little tip for you. You're going to fucking lose. Don't even <laughs> don't worry about it. You'll lose. That's the worst. Don't get all ever. up and excited about it. You're going to lose anyway. Oh, man. That sucks. I love that, though. All right. I don't want to be my Here we guy. go. What should Westbrook's voice be, David Deal? I know. You, you pick him. You're all right. Host. I'm going to say, before you do it, I'm going to say uh, Marlon Brando. Godfather. I made him an offer. All right, all right, guys. It could have been some. Someone offers you a job, all right? <laughs> you have to sit in a room 
Monday to Friday for eight fucking hours. You with turned, one you hour, turned into Scarface. <laughs> this is, they're all the same people to me. Okay, okay. With one hour lunch break, where can you do? Where can you do nothing except for sit and stare at the clock? What is the minimum salary you'll accept? So you got a job Monday through Friday, Friday, eight hours a day, one hour lunch break. You can do nothing but stare at the clock. What would you accept for the salary? Yes. You're in a room and you're staring at a clock for eight hours, Monday through Friday, and you get any salary. What is the minimum salary you'd ask for? And that's all you're doing is just staring at a clock? I mean, I figure people do that and they get paid a lot all of the money time. They, yeah, I was just going to say, some people get paid a lot of money and that's all they do. Um, I don't know if I'd even give an answer to this question. I don't know. The minimum salary? But if I had to, I guess something like a billion dollars. A, a billion? What? Yeah, I just... To do nothing all day? You don't have to get a billion dollars to do nothing that, that all day. Is, Haven't you seen Office Space? Of course. <laughs> Red State is my stapler. My cousin doesn't make anything, and he don't do shit. But my, my thing is, is that to me is like going to jail for a day. Like, my job is going to jail five days a week, and I don't know if there's a number that you could pay me to do. You know what's crazy? So my brother has a so job, you, right? you can't interact with anybody? You just sit you there just and sit there stare at the clock? I doubt, I doubt you get vacation. You know no, what you I mean? get vacation. But it's only eight hours okay. a day. You get vacation. My brother had a job, and he he would always be complaining, like, yo, man, I go to work every day, and they don't give me anything to do. And I'm like, sounds like a great job. Just get on the internet and just do what I do. That sounds like my job, actually. What I do, I mess around on the internet all day. He hated it. He literally told me if they doubled my salary, he still wouldn't want to work here mm. because they did nothing. All I'd day. lose my mind if That's it was what like I mean. that. Too. Really? Yeah, I've got to be busy, man. I guess twenty million. I guess whatever Teddy Bridgewater makes. What? Twenty twenty five million. Twenty four and a half million. I know a bunch of people that make fifty thousand bucks a year that will make fifty thousand dollars. Will be fine with that. Yeah. Give me sixty thousand dollars to do that all day. Yeah. To sit on the, in the internet and play games. Yeah, but that's you have the internet. This is looking at a clock. Westbrook, what voice should I do for mine? Um, you already did Scarface because you hated my, my, yep. my deal. Well, no, you did Scarface. Well, yeah, I kind of did Scarface. Yeah. What about, how about your boy Patrick Mahomes? Okay, we've done that before. We like Patty Mahomes. Have you? Yeah. It's, it always works. If Madden graded literally all of your skills, <laughs> in what category would you score of 90-plus surprise people? So, if Madden's grading your skills, David Deal... What would you be a 90-plus at that might surprise people? Um, well, I don't think durability would surprise people. Non-football. Non-football. So what are you amazing Ooh. at life that you'd be a 90-plus at that you think people would be like, wow, David Deal's really a 90-plus in that? Music. What kind of music? Anything. Anything from the 60s on, I can listen to it, tell you who's, who's singing wow. where it's from, so all that stuff. So That's amazing. Ma- so yeah. your X-Men slash Madden ability is song comes on and you can hit the buzzer. Rock and, go, and roll Jeopardy, I'm rolling. Wow. Yeah. Came in here movie with the quotes. Guns and Roses. Movie quotes. Movie quotes. Yeah. I believe yep. that, though. The question was, I don't believe it. But being able to name music. Yep. Nice. You're that, like that Jethro Tull, yeah. third album. That's pretty slick. What about you? Wait, well, you mentioned music. The first thing came to my mind was karaoke. You're an you're a ninety plus Madden karaoke Absolutely guy. Absolutely not. <laughs> I was gonna say my will to do karaoke is ninety plus. Oh, so I never do performance. I performance. I want effort. to do it, but yeah, performance not so good. What would you say your number one karaoke song is? Um, this is fascinating. That that's a good question. Um, everybody has like one or two in the bag. Ice Cube, check yourself is mine. 
Check yourself. I like yeah. that. One. Give me a little bit without cursing. You can curse. Nah, I'm not, not going to get into it right now. I don't got my Raiders hat on. I'm not yeah, ready to yeah. roll. Yeah, you got to be. Get, got to get in the mood for karaoke. Right, so that's what's yours? What's yours? Shotgun bullets are bad for your health. I have two. Oh, that <laughs> shotgun it. bullets are bad. Yeah, for, okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I have two. I have one that I like to do solo, uh, and that would be "What's Love" by Fat Joe. Ashanti okay, and Ja Rule, a little song. Uh, okay. I can do the Fat Joe rapping uh, during Ashanti singing. I let the women in the audience sing, and I think I do a good Ja Rule impersonation. What are you talking What's about? What's love? I'm really good at it. That's that one. <laughs> and then my other one Aren't is... Aren't we supposed to grade you? Yeah, what, what are you talking about? I'm you, really good are at you it. Are you saying that you're good at this? No, like, audiences have told me I'm good. I don't need your you support. Some audience participation. <laughs> Everybody now. I know my routine is solid. I've done it in public. This is the ladies' part. Ladies. Some people are telling Adam Gacy he's doing I'm, a great job coaching I'm right now. You, there's, <laughs> there's nothing better than a stranger walking up to you and going, can I be your Ashanti? Mm. Yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. Wait, so what's yours? What would you if if we all went out and you had to do karaoke, <clears throat> you know, what do you what what letter you turn the book to? I mean, you got to do something that everybody loves. Like, you know, one of the songs that everybody loves and this is one of those songs that not a people like people love like TLC, Don't Go Chasing Waterfall. For like sure. they they love songs yeah. like that, that I would you, go no kind of, scrubs over that. All, yeah, old school stuff that everyone just knows these anything that you could sing that's from Michael Jackson. Shout era. out yeah. to No Pigeons. Yeah. 5 the, the Jackson 5. If you could sing any song from that, which I can't. Oh, so you would go Jackson 5. He's going yes. deep. Yes. A, B, C. What? Yeah, I'll you kill him. Kill him. He's got the hands you know why? and the feet well, here, Here's the thing. You got to get him moving Ooh. a little bit, but you want the crowd participation. Because the of last course. thing you want as a karaoke singer that can't sing yeah. is to sing by yourself. Well, you need you, you got to be an entertainer up there. That's actually yes. this is a good question out from the cup. Have you ever done karaoke or anything on a stage with a microphone that went really, really badly and you were like, I'm actually a little bit embarrassed? Has that ever happened to you guys? Yes. Okay, I, I, I have given, one too. So I've given speeches. You think of one too. And so most of the time, like you guys give them speeches before, most of the time you really need that crowd interaction, like a head nod, like you guys yeah. understand yeah. where you I'm coming from. you make a joke and like yeah. someone laughs. That's yeah. exactly. I, I, I made a joke and it's hilarious to me and so I'm kind of chuckling and everybody's like, what, what are you going to say Does next? Excuse me. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I said that. No. The chicken crossed the road. They were like. Uh, and this yeah. was like recently? This actually wasn't very long ago, which is, which is, which is sad. Like, I'm like, this is saving the look. This was, this was, a, it was a good joke too. And I don't remember what it was, but it was a good joke and nobody. Do, you, do you have one? Uh, mine is, I did, mine will be karaoke too. Uh, Phil Collins in the air of the night. It was right after Hangover came out, and I really wanted to do the drums on stage. Do, 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 do. The first four minutes of that song, he's like speaking sadly about like yeah, someone passing lot. away. Yeah, that's a lot. And the thing about karaoke is if the lyrics are depressing, everybody's reading them. Yo, like, yeah. like there was that song back in the day that was very popular. It was, what would you do if your son was at home yeah. crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry? Okay, it's fun to sing. <laughs> yeah. But when you see those words and on you, the TV you're and watching you're like, the lyrics, yes, yeah, yeah. Slept with a man for a little bit of money because his daddy's <laughs> gone. And I'm sitting there and I was like, this is fucking awful. Here, here are the top 10 karaoke, karaoke songs. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Like a Prayer by Madonna. Purple yeah. Purple Rain at the Super Bowl about, halftime is yes. still one of the greatest. What about Rocket Man? My, you, Rocket Man? Nah. Rocket Man. I'd do Tiny Dancer before I would do a Rocket Man. All right, so what, but see, you got to come in hot when yeah, you're doing you karaoke. Gotta, yeah, you gotta come so in you hot. would do little Guns N' Roses maybe? Yeah, I've done, uh, I've done a little Sweet Child of Mine. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. 
comes in with with right away with the guitar. Yeah. Welcome yes. to the jungle. You well, get to stand up to the, during. Right. That was welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Nice. You got Worst it. Worst part about karaoke is that you're reading the words. You're like, hold on. These have these are not the words I've been singing for the last no. 15 years. I don't know what words. Is this a different version? What words are these? I remember the first time I heard the song uh, revved up like a deuce. Yeah. And I thought he was saying revved up like a douche. Blinded by the light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had or, no words. or what's the song that goes, oh, oh it's magic. You know, oh, yeah. that's, a believe that's in commercials all so. over the place yeah. now. You gotta well, know next that time you hear that, you're going to hear, oh, 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 it's my dick. And you're never going to hear it again. It is. I'm telling you, the what, next time you, you never told it. us what your, 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 your characteristic that's 99 and no one would think Oh. Of. Um, my characteristic that I'm really good at that people wouldn't realize, shit, listening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I really don't know. Uh, my X-Men ability, I think, is getting Uber drivers not to talk to me. Really? Yeah. And I'm amazing you, at airports. You stone them out? You, you, no, don't, you don't like no, a talkative no, driver. No, no. I sit down, and as soon as I walk in the car, I go... Hey, man, I apologize if I fall asleep. And then the guy goes, dude, relax, take your time. And I'm like, oh, I'm really? I'm looking at my phone. Oh, yeah. I just you're don't and everything you're doing, you're no, going all no, the way. No. I don't do like home you alone. Do. I don't do like Ferris Bueller <laughs> faking sleep. No. But like, I think I'm really efficient at getting through congested places. Like, I bet you love being in a club and just like kind of Busting through people. Uh, you know I am what? so good at finding lanes in bars, clubs, airports, train stations, Times Square. You follow me, you're not even going to get touched. You're, you're going like, to be like, how did this even car? You know what's yeah. so funny That's about that ability. is for one year, my New Year's resolution was, I'm not going to move out of the way of people. I'm the biggest guy walking and People run into me and they look at me like I'm the asshole. Yes. Yep. I'm like, why do I got to move? They expect you so to that move. New so Year's that's... resolution, I come out, I'm blasting people left <laughs> and right. <laughs> Tina, my fiance, is like, you're gonna have to, you're gonna get arrested. You're gonna, you're gonna have to get someone kill somebody. Yeah. That's right. That so might... I, I don't agree with you because if people think, oh, well, you're huge, you can get right through. You can take it. People are gonna call you the jerk. They're gonna get in your way yeah. and they're gonna be the ones disrupting. I think that I'm just enough smaller than you. Well, I mean, I'm a lot smaller than you, but I think that like. I could see people looking at you and being like, in a weird way, you're taking up space. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm awkward big. But I'm also really good. Like, I don't just do all physical brute strength, which clearly is what I'm built with. <laughs> I'll walk through crowds. I'll, he has this thing with his hands. Like, he does always <laughs> doing crazy. We took I'll, a picture one day. He's like this. I'm like, get your hands out of there. I'll, walk, hands. I'll, walk, I'll hands. walk in a crowd. I'll tap someone on their left shoulder and walk by the right. Like, I use That's all quickness. the tricks. Cat-like I'll go over skills. there and I'll be like, spin oh, move. He's people swimming over yes. the crowd. Oh, I have a rip move. That is incredible. <laughs> if you've ever had to turn a sharp corner to get into the men's bathroom, yeah. I'm like Trent Cole. All right. You're up now. And let's do, um, because you did it last week and I want to hear now, I want to hear your Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. How often do you find yourself toggling at your T-shirt away from your midsection? That's it. That was such a good Austrian accent. Can you do it again? 
So the question was, how often do you tug at your T-shirt? So I doubt you guys have seen the show on Netflix. It's called I Think You Should Leave, Tim Robinson. It's hilarious. Okay. And one of the segments is about this thing called T-shirt tuggers, where he puts like a little knob because a lot of guys do this. I do it all the time in here because it's hot. And the Wall Street Journal just put out a, an article about, <laughs> guys, we noticed that you tug at your shirts. Maybe you've had that T-shirt for too long to buy a new one. But how often How often do you pull out the middle of your T-shirt or your shirt in general? I, I, you know what? I don't pull at the front. I'm usually pulling at the back and the uh, sides. Pull, pull, it down. To, to pull it down in the back because usually with my you know dress shirts or whatever, yeah. Feel like they're bunched up. You got yeah. your suit jacket Plus, on. I have serious love handles. I'm, I'm always, I'm always pulling it and stretching in the back to <laughs> yeah. get it down with your collar and get everything up. But you're a, more than I am the front. But you're yeah. a t- you're a t-shirt tugger. I do it here because I don't know how yeah. how warm it is in here, but it has to be 105, 106 degrees in here. It's a red. It's yeah, it's pretty song. warm. So I'm always like, all right, I need to. Oh, I do it. Get this off of here. I, you do? Not, oh, I would say estimated 72 times a day. Really? Oh yeah. One because I'm always like, oh, if my shirt's flowing. Off, they won't notice that I need to go to the gym. Like I say, that <laughs> so are, 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 are you sweating as well, or are you just oh, yeah. doing it because and then, of and then comfort. because practically it gets stuck. Yeah, you know what I mean. What I don't want to give it the like, quick tug. Yeah, I'm not That's trying right. to look like I'm inside of an accordion or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, you, when, when you mentioned your, your your New Year's Eve, your New Year's resolution, resolution. it just made me think about. I'm going to have one. I have a pet peeve about people not saying thank you when I hold the door. I, I hate it. I love that. I, 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 it happened, happens to me probably 10 this times This is the day. best New Year's resolutions because it's not things you want to improve. It's things that you're no. fucking fed up with. This, this is what I'm really done. grinds my gears right, right so now. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna say, excuse me, you're welcome. I'm going to start saying things I like think, that. I think it's, I'm going to be rude like they're being rude to I me. I think if you hit them with a strong you're welcome, because the excuse me is like I'd like to have a conversation. Yeah. But the you're welcome, they're either going to turn around and say thank you or they're going to say I'm sorry. Yeah. But if you say excuse me, then you're the dick. There are so many people that walk through the door. They're talking and we're doing whatever with their phone. And they just keep on walking. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm not here to hold the door. I'm trying to get they inside. expect you to hold yeah, the door. Yeah, wherever you were at, I want to go there. I think you should go Chick-fil-A on them and say, my pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. My, my pleasure, my lady. Yeah. I, interesting. <laughs> that, uh, well, I, to that, like that one thing I learned in London that I really liked is there's kind of levels to their thank yous. So, like, if I bought you something, you might say, thank you. If I hold the door, they go, cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. And I like that they use cheers as, like, a halfway thank you. I asked them about this. They confirmed it. It's halfway. Yeah. Halfway. Yeah, like right, your turn, Westbrook. And right. you're going to do a cartoon bully. <laughs> what is a cartoon bully? Just think like? about like how a bully in a high school cartoon would sound. I have no Stamp clue. Stamp collection, Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> that was really a little good. Nelson. You know what? Nelson is, is Nelson the most famous cartoon bully? Pro, well, yeah. Kimber wrote because, down Roger Klotz. That was from Doug. And, and figure, you know, you never saw the gooch for yeah. different strokes. Yeah. You never knew who he was. I don't even know what that means. What, you've never, the, different strokes? So I'm looking up top 10 cartoon bullies. Eric Cartman is number Cartman, one from Simpson. Okay. Uh, okay uh, Nelson from The Simpsons is two. Uh, then it's Vic. Fairly Odd Parents, Angelica Pickles from Rugrats. Lucy kind of was a, a bully. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Peter Griffin wasn't a bully. No. All right. No, I think Nelson might be. And then, you know, who is it going? Bluto. Bluto. Remember Popeye? Yep. It's great that someone made that list, actually. There was like that creepy section of bullies where it was like, 
<laughs> it was always involved in like steal, like st- physically taking a woman and being like, she's mine. And now it's like, that's problematic. Can't All, right. All right. So you, you got to love the internet. I mean, as soon as you think this is a novel idea, no uh, one's ever thought about this. You go on the internet, you're like, oh, well, there's 20 of them. That's great. Top 20. All right. But yeah, you could do any yeah, cartoon bully. All right. All right, but I don't I have no clue what a cartoon. <laughs> like, as every time I start, I'm like, this doesn't sound like a cartoon. Pretend you're being an asshole. It sounds like a bully. I'm gonna be um, Adam Lefko. All right. Okay. All right, man. How many motivated, angry fourth graders could Quentin Nelson beat up at the same time, dude? You added that was the dude. Dope. Dude was kind of the dude. Extra. The dude so was the extra part. Ingber, Ingber says that I have a few catchphrases. One of them is, "I go, damn." Damn. You do do damn. I say damn. Damn. Like that. And then, uh, Ingber, I forget the other one. Went, oh, I go, I go, I go, that's awesome. That's awesome. So apparently, Ingber will like be around me and be like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Nice, dude. Dang it. Uh, how, many, how many fourth graders trying to fight Quentin Nelson could Quentin Nelson take at one at time? Let's, time? Let's let's work up. Could he take five fourth graders at the first Easy. time? Yeah. Yes. Easily. One hand clear. What? He might do you all You just run hand. through them. Yes. Just the, the, the first five, he looks through, looks at him yeah. like, uh, he gives a growl, and, they're out of there. And let's say that these are not tactical fourth graders. They don't understand flanking. They don't understand no. using space. They A door opens and fourth graders run out. Yeah. Quentin Nelson is front-facing and handling him. If 10 fourth graders ran out, could Quentin Nelson take him? Yeah. I think so, too. No yeah. doubt about it. What gonna, he would we're going to take a step up. Okay, let's. What would he do? Well, this is what he would do. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun vision. He would go. They, they would be there, kind of. So it's ten of them. So they're kind of like in a line, three by three. So they're not okay. gonna be all one by one. And he just goes headbutts the first one. That's gonna scare off two or three right there. Nice. The other two, he just, he just squishes them. Squish. <laughs> squishes. Like and then the in, say squish. In, in this, they yes. squish and push. I see more backhands. I see just running through them. Oh, so you see him attacking? Yes. Okay. Now here's the thing. Squish you and mentioned push. Have you fear. seen what he does when he's a pulling guard? I am. He's a big boy. Did you watch Game of Thrones at all? Yeah. Okay. So you know how like the White Walkers, they don't have fear; they just come. Yeah. That's how I'm imagining these fourth graders. These are not fourth graders because a sense. Fourth grader would walk in, see Quentin Nelson, and go, uh, "Mommy." Yeah, yeah, but yeah. these so are. So we're talking about like the stepbrother fourth graders yeah, that are ready to roll. Yeah. Could he handle twenty five? That's a lot. No, no, no. He can't because you're going to hit some. No. Some are going to be wrapped up on your legs. Some of these fourth get... graders are getting big. Some of these guys are big kids now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're five feet, ten inches. I was a hefty grade. fourth grader. Maybe I could have just laid on them and tried to get the other kids yeah. involved. How much did you weigh in fourth grade? <laughs> I have no idea. 250? He was a huge to... fourth grader. <laughs> it was just easy to throw that one out there. Well, I think, you know how many Quentin else can handle? Just a bit more than Teddy Bridgewater is going to get paid. So Ooh. 25. No, I'm just kidding. We always bring it back. <laughs> Bringing it back. Ooh, I, don't, I, like I, I, I honestly like think, though, that Quinton's kind of crazy. <clears throat> he, if there was like a combine event where this was it, I think he he'd would be set the mark. all out. I think he'd be in like the 48s. Like, like whatever, the, whatever, like Stephen Paella did in the bench press of the combine. That's how. Give me six qu- more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I wanted like a guy behind him, like smacking him on the sides, being like, another one. Give me the two kids who flunked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I would think he could take more kids with good grades than kids with bad grades. Because I think kids with bad grades would fight more. You, they're the bullies. They're the Nelsons. He wants the nerdy yeah. kids. Yeah. Well, nerdy kids, he's up at around 74. Yeah. yeah, he could beat them all. Yeah. Well, the analytics to take down and we'll, you know, we're going to go this angle. We'll get... In terms of fourth graders per minute, Quentin Nelson's <laughs> next-gen stats say that. What's the EPA for that? Uh, what was Car- How did Cartman sound? Um, 
No clue. I can't. I can't even. You guys think were in South Park. I can't even Screw think. Screw you guys! I'm going home. There you go. So I'm going to do Cartman for this one. Which current NFL player would be the next Tony Romo in the broadcast booth? I think I it's already been done. Greg Olson. He's already doing games I'm, for Fox. Yeah, so so that's a, you guys are both broadcasters. You both played. You know the grind. You know what it takes. Yeah. You also know how we favor quarterbacks and Super Bowl winners. Kind of what we do. Um, I watch Greg Olson though, and I think he's already pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. Like and I mean, I, he's already started. He's already gotten into yeah. the game, so that's an easy one to pick. Is there anybody else of the of the true stars of the game? And again, a lot of the true stars don't actually go into the broadcast booth because they've made so much money they don't need that it. they don't, need, they don't to. need it. But I think you know what would be an, a crazy scene. If Antonio Brown gets a job in the broadcast booth. <laughs> I mean, shit, Fox already hired Gronk, and I'm I, like, yeah. Gronk ain't really putting sentences well, together. I don't know that he you has can't to put, hire I mean, Gronk. You can't hire AB, though. Yeah, I, well, a lot of people didn't like Randy Moss for a long time. And obviously he didn't Until he went through, to New England. And, and they changed his whole— uh, A lot completely. of people didn't like Ray Lewis for a very long time. Yeah. And he's been, he was on ESPN for a long time. Well, when Randy Moss, if Randy Moss did not go to New England, he would have the same stigma that Terrell Owens had on yep, him. Yep, yep, yep. You know, all the, the outrage in Oakland, everything that happened in mm-hmm. Minnesota. If he didn't go and have the type of career when he went to New England and had those touchdown records yes. and went with the Patriots way, he would not be there. Deshaun Watson, good good choice. Yeah, but you yeah. know what? Stand up Russell Wilson. Man. I think Larry Fitzgerald. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Russell's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. It's interesting, but articulate, once, well once spoken. Those, once those guys make one fifty, like one hundred and fifty million, I'm like, they're not going to work on television. Well, look at Peyton. Peyton's just going around doing funny commercials, exactly. Having a great but time. that's but he, yeah. for years he's been putting off TV, because yeah. he doesn't really, he doesn't have to. No. What I, about Philip Rivers? I don't know. Man. A little bit too spicy for TV. It's funny because people would say he's got to take care of his kids, but he might be going, I don't need to take care of these kids. <laughs> I, I might want to be on the road four days was in that, a row. Was that your Philip Rivers voice? <laughs> you know what? You know who would be good and I think would I would really like to see? Richard Sherman. Yes. Because, yeah. because Richard. And it would give you a different perspective because it'd be the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball. There's Absolutely. not many guys that go You do not out get there. a lot of defensive no. players. And also the thing with Richard Sherman is he'd be really good at kind of talking about the media while also being in the media. That's right. And all these wide receivers that he's clashed with, I would imagine that they would still be playing. And then also with this second wave with this Niners right now, he's not just the Legion of Boom guy. This Niners team is going to make a run. Yeah. So he could be on this team that that could be Super Bowl contenders for the next two, three years. And you know how when you have like those two careers, now you can comment on like two eras of the NFL. Yeah. What are you laughing about? In my mind, Quinnen Williams just popped up in my head like he needs to be in the booth. <laughs> he needs to be in a booth. That was fun. That was fun. That was a good game. I mean, I, 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 I love Quentin Williams. He's, I he's hilarious. Too. But you listen, offensive linemen just they, they have a different way of looking at the game. Cerebral, smart. They see it both sides. Yeah. I mean, they make great and, analysts for and the And because we never watch the football when we're watching the game. Exactly. Which we're the one position that Scheme. throughout my entire career. I never knew where the ball was. It's also the I knew one, where it was supposed to be. Yes. But the defense and the way that they moved and the way that they flowed told me where the football was. It's going. also the only position that we have to trust people on their evaluations to know who's being good or who's been good or not if you don't know what you're looking That's for. That's right. Yeah. I can look at yards per catch for wide receivers and certain statistics that are mattering and and PFF can grade them and on understand things. it completely. But with offensive linemen, you know, 
there may you may technically have let up a sack, but it wasn't your fault. Yep, I and, hear. And the only people I, that really understand it, people don't understand man versus zone half yep. the time. I literally I sit there on Sundays, and when I go through and I watch games or go back and watch the review of games, you have no many ha, have no idea how many times offensive line play is told sixty to seventy percent wrong because they just don't understand. They don't understand the game. They don't understand protections. I'll just tell you this. A lot of times when you're looking at a protection or if you're looking at a system where the running back is offset to the right, now all of a sudden they're sliding protections this way and the blitz has come this way and the running back releases. The running back that's is on man. that side for a yeah, reason. He's man. not there just to go out on the route. You know you're sliding the protection the other way because you don't have numbers on that side. Ah, oh, these damn old linemen. It wasn't, it's not our responsibility. This happens time in and time again. Hey, hey, listen. Don't come in here blaming the, all the running backs. Right? No, I'm just <laughs> how, how many times is it you no, get a blitz and right they blame the old line? absolutely right. The, the tight end of the wide receiver didn't go hot on it. All right, I want to make sure right. it was good. It's good. Uh, I want you to do – this is the last one. Oh, it's, it's one more. Uh, the last one. All right. And I want you to do Eli Manning. Ooh. <sighs> Your good friend Eli. Yeah. Well – <laughs> if 32 Mitchell Trubisky's were the starting quarterbacks of every team, I don't know. Who would be the top five Super Bowl favorites? I like that you did like the hair push. The hair pushback. So the question is, if the quarterback of every team in the NFL was mm. Mitchell Trubisky, who would be the top five teams that you think could make a run in the Super Bowl? Patriots. Obviously. You gotta have a great defense. So you yeah, gotta start that's there. Exactly, you that's exactly where I started. So I, I'd put San Francisco there. Yes. Because Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been that great, and they've still been great. So the running game's there too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Who else are you guys putting in it? <sighs> Could you imagine how disappointing the NFL would be to watch? So can you put Seattle there? No. I mean, Absolutely. I almost feel like you could put Buffalo there. Because of the way their defense is playing and Josh yeah, Allen being up and what down. What you have to do is think also. That's like, what I mean. That's why it's like, tough. Like, here's the deal. Like, Green Bay and Seattle rely so heavily on their quarterbacks. That's that what I, I mean. That's why I wouldn't even mention those. Like, I think Green Bay has a very good team, but they're still relying what team, so much on their What team is winning that's not relying on their quarterbacks? San Francisco. San Francisco. And New England. Great. Yeah, Tom Brady has not been that great. Yes, true. Well, um... I mean, obviously, it's not. What about Dallas? Dallas may be. Dallas may be on that edge where they you have, say that's, a, they that's are, a possible. They are run centric to where I could see that makes sense. Yeah. Indianapolis, I think. Eh. Look, man, that's what Jacoby so Brissett about. has been yeah. playing. He's been playing pretty like well. Baltimore, not happening. No. Uh, Kansas City, not no. happening. He can't run that. Houston, no. Buffalo is an interesting one. Jacksonville is an interesting one. Minnesota, really, no. teams that no. can run it forty times a game. I, I just said Kirk Minnesota Cousins. because of Delvin Cook. The last yeah, couple exactly. weeks, Kirk Cousins, defense. Been, Kirk Cousins has been pretty good last couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, but what we're saying is... is just overall. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Because yeah. they have a good defense, yes. and all you got to do is hand off to Dalvin and occasionally throw it deep. Man, Mitchell's kind of tough, huh? Mr. That's Chicago. Tough. Yeah. What are your friends at home right now saying about you? I mean, in you the know, the, gr- thing in the group that, chat, what are your Chicago and friends? And you and I have had this discussion before, because going into this season with all this hype and all the MVP stuff... What was the first thing I said to you? If there's anybody that Mitchell Trubisky should be happy about, it's Cody Parkey. Mm-hmm. Because nobody remembered the second half of that Philadelphia game where he threw a horrible interception and was completely inaccurate in the but, second half of that Hold on, game. I will stand up for Mitchell Trubisky. He did lead 
a really good drive with to get down there for the field goal, and he was good at the very end of the game. Okay, but he did he stinks. Yeah, he just stinks. <laughs> it's just hard to when, when you watch Trubisky. It's hard and he to only understand threw Allen Robinson on that. Drive. Some yeah. of his throws, like his decision making, hasn't been good. His throwings, obviously, he likes to throw the ball to the other team. He, he doesn't score. I mean, it's weird to watch that team. And you're like. You mean to tell me that this offense that looked so creative last year, yep. they can't score now? Look. And knowing that you can take risks with the type of defense you have on the other side of the ball. I watched at 4 a.m. in the morning at a casino in London, Matt Moore, who was retired and coaching at a high school scouting. this offseason and scouting, go in there and look calm, poised, and professional in the pocket, make a ton of throws, and never look shaken. I watched Trubisky now. And every time I watch him, he's looking at the ground. He's looking at the rush. Yep. He's rolling backwards when it's not even necessary. He's targeting one guy. I see not only no <laughs> plays that I go, like even Jacoby Brissett didn't play a great game, but he still made a few plays that were like, wow. wow yeah. I don't see wow plays. And I also see no growth. No. No, no. growth. And Matt Nagy should be a quarterback. Uh, it, 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 to be able to develop a quarterback, if, yeah, you if, would think. If if Ryan Pace, the GM of the Bears, and them are smart, they will take the hit and they will move on from Trubisky and they will not give him any contract. Well, they have to. And they will have to start over. Well, they, they have to. They gave up a bunch of picks to get Khalil Mack. That means you got to win now. You got a great defense. You got to win now. I get Trubisky's that. But Trubisky's the, the same, guy that's going to win no, now. No, that's why they have to do yeah. exactly what you said. They, yeah. It's time to move on. Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. It's just so hard because a GM never wants to admit that they no. get their first they pick. They never want to admit their first. Or, or Tom Brady and, and Josh McDaniels as they move over to Chicago. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> that is the key is if McDaniels goes, okay, I can talk to you guys forever. That was a lot of fun. Did you have fun? Absolutely. You know I love this stuff. That was a blast. Uh, all right, so cue the music. Uh, he His tagline has become the Rocket Man. So I'm going to go around and say, Brian Westbrook, he's going to do his thing. I'm going to say, mate, I'll save you for the last. I'll say, David Deal, and whatever you want your tagline to be. Yep. Okay. For Brian Westbrook. The Rocket Man. I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And for David Deal. That's a done deal. (laughs) Love you guys. Hit up David Deal. What is your social again? Is it at? Uh, My Instagram is dundeal66 and at davedeal66. Boom. Fill up his mentions. uh, Let him know how fucking awesome he is. And where can we watch your shit right now? I, uh... Wednesdays, I have serious Sundays. Yep. I got WFAN Sunday football, oh. pre-post game shows for the Giants. I'm rolling, baby. He is fucking rolling. Hit him up on social. Hit up Westbrook. Westbrook36.com. 36 Westbrook. Be Westbrook. Be Westbrook.com. Be Westbrook.com. Right. And uh, if you don't follow me on social, go fuck yourself. Love you guys. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>